Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, indeedy. It is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio here on TalkZone.com. So happy to be back with you. Today is Thursday, June 29th, 2017. As usual, a big show. We're going to do some dumb criminal law stories for you. I'm going to explain something about the Supreme Court's decision on the travel ban case. I'm going to give you some facts on flooding. We've had a lot of floods in the United States during the last week. There will be some news tidbits and some riddles. But why don't we get started with something that I want you to know about. Did any of you have waffles this morning? Well, today, June 29th, is National Waffle Iron Day. Did you know that? You probably didn't. Well, here are some facts about waffles and the uh, days that we celebrate in the United States, we get two chances to celebrate waffles. Today is National Waffle Iron Day. That's always on June 29th. But then on August 24th, we celebrate just National Waffle Day. That day celebrates the first patented waffle iron. The patent was submitted by a fellow by the name of Cornelius Swafhouth in 1869. The word waffle is from the Dutch, meaning wafer. In the late 1700s, Thomas Jefferson was the first American to come from Europe or to return from France with a waffle iron. We all know about Eggo waffles. They were introduced uh, in supermarket freezers way back in 1953. And there's an ongoing debate as to whether pancakes or waffles are better. Some of you have heard of the Waffle House. That's mainly in the South, a number of places that sell waffles. Anyways, the chain that has sold more than 500 million waffles. Maurice Vermish sold his wife's fluffy Brussels waffles at the 1964 World's Fair in New York. Since he didn't think that anyone in the United States knew where Brussels was, he dubbed the, he dubbed them Belgian waffles. There are several types of waffles, American, Belgian, Scandinavian, Liege, Hong Kong, and what they call Dutch Struthwafels. If you make too many waffles, you can always freeze leftover waffles and heat them later in the toaster or the toaster oven. Now, a waffle, of course, is a batter-based or dough-baked cake cooked in a waffle iron. Pattern to give a characteristic size, shape, and surface impression. There are many variations based on the type of iron and recipe used, with over a dozen regional varieties in Belgium alone. Waffles are eaten throughout the world, particularly in Belgium, France, Netherlands, Scandinavia, and the United States. The word waffle first appears in the English language in 1725. Isn't that something? Well, things about waffles you never knew and you probably didn't want to know about. But today is National Waffle Iron Day. I've just found, based on this, that there's a new waffle called the Keyboard Waffle Iron. 
It will make your waffles ABC delicious. It costs $65. Also, there's a new grill where you can grill your bacon and make your waffles. It's all in one. You can buy this at uh, Walmart for only $36. It's called Smart Planet Bacon National Waffle Stick Maker. (laughs) Well, National Waffle Iron Day. More than you wanted to know, but Leonard Bertong is here to give you this kind of information. Let's talk about some dumb criminal law stories. This summer, I've, I've told you I've been working on some new stories that I found, and I want to read some for you. Let's start with a story from Michigan. The headline, Forgery Trouble. An elected official in a small town is serving a 90-day jail sentence after he accused, after he was accused, rather, of forging documents to impress an overseas mistress. Charles Rogers is a member of the village council in Northport, that's a city in Michigan north of Traverse City. Authorities say he created divorce documents with forged signatures of court officials and sent them to a woman in London. Now, the woman contacted uh, Mr. Rogers' wife, who reached out to police, and Rogers pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor. <laughs> All right. This this next story also comes from Michigan. Here's the headline. Don't cry over spilt milk. A tank truck carrying 11,000 gallons of milk overturned in late April in Port Huron Township, Michigan, spilling at least 2,000 gallons of milk onto Interstate 94. The rig's driver had swerved, affording, swerved avoiding an out-of-gas Nissan, stopped in the right lane, but ended up clipping the car and flipping. 11,000 gallons of milk. 2,000 gallons spilled onto the highway. My God, how many cookies would it take to sop up all of those, all that milk? (laughs) All right, it's not that funny. Let's keep going. Michigan. All right, folks. The headline for this Michigan story read, Flasher, maybe? A 45-year-old woman in Saginaw, Michigan, was annoyed that she had to re-enter the metal detectors at the county's government building. So she did the only reasonable thing she could think of. She flashed her bare-breasted deputies, according to authorities. The woman then pulled down her her pants to prove she had no contraband. Yes, she was arrested for indecent exposure. We move on to Minnesota. The headline of this short story said, Cheesed Off? Yeah, Cheesed Off. It's been reported that a local man, quote, cheesed off, end quote, the local police department by calling 911 for lasagna advice. The cook asked the Adina police department's emergency line in may of this year what ingredient he could substitute for cheddar cheese when the dispatcher threatened to hang up because the problem was not life-threatening the man responded quote when i die then it's on you before hanging up himself (laughs) 
cheesed off, huh? All right. Well, here's one from Montana. The headline, libel. We learn that a Montana State University professor is suing Walmart for libel after a store employee allegedly listed the teacher's occupation as toilet cleaner. Gilbert Cologne, assistant professor of technology education, says he was filling out forms for a fishing license when the employee made the weird entry for occupation. Cologne said the incident spurred hatred, contempt, ridicule, and he's seeking unspecified damages. Toilet cleaner? I don't think so. Not very good. Now, here's a strange one. This is from New Jersey. The headline asks, why the bunny suit? It wasn't Easter. A man who donned a bunny costume and blew an air horn inside the Hopakong Police Department headquarters in New Jersey pled guilty in April to disorderly conduct. His name, Kevin Hammermich. He was fined $500 for the weird November incident that also led to charges against Officer Nicholas Mariska, who was caught on videotape punching out Hemmerich while in the headquarters. Maricas' trial is set for July. Punching out a guy in a bunny uniform in the the police department. Uh, All right. All right, these, some of them are funny, some of them ain't, but hey, they don't stop. Here's a few more. Ohio, talk about dumb criminals. The headline said, On Poor Penmanship. We learned that an, we learned that an Ohio's criminal handwriting was so illegible that the store clerk he was trying to rob couldn't read his note demanding cash. The clerk handed the note back to Dion Taylor, who was 22, and asked him to read it. Quote, this is a robbery. Please be quiet. Don't let your pride get yourself killed. End quote. This is what the Taylor had written and what the clerk read. Well, the clerk did hand over cash and a pack of Newport cigarettes. Unfortunately, Mr. Taylor was arrested the next day on poor penmanship. All right, what about this one? We move on to Oklahoma. The headline read, She's an attorney at Raw. An Oklahoma lawyer was so furious at drivers who parked their car in front of her parents' million-dollar home that she pelted their cars with raw eggs, say police. Her name, Kelly Hensley of the town of Nicholas Hills. She's 37 years old, and she was arrested on charges of, get this, quote, molesting a standing vehicle, end quote. All right. We go to Oregon. Headline. Happy Mother's Day, bang, bang. Two brothers got into it at a barbecue for their mother on Mother's Day this past May. One of them pulled out a rifle and opened fire on the other brother in the town of Lebanon, Oregon. Billy Jack Gomez was arrested for attempted murder for shooting at, but missing his brother Hunter Gomez. 
Good that he missed. Happy Mother's Day. Bang, bang. All right, we're coming to the end for this week. The last story from Pennsylvania. The headline says, Insane. A woman was arrested for walking around outside in her underwear to bother her neighbors, police say. Linda Corp, 76 years old, was charged with harassment, disorderly conduct, and public intoxication. Police report that Ms. Corp allegedly made 16 phone calls to a 911 operator earlier in the month and had been spotted strolling the neighborhood in her underwear, ringing doorbells, and screaming in the street. Sounds like a crazy old lady. Insane, maybe? Insane? Well, these are the end of the dumb criminal law stories I have for this week. There will be more next week. These stories never stop. You know, you can go to my blog where I report some of these stories. My blog is www.birdsongslaw.com. All one word, birdsongslaw.com. You can read some of my stories for free and get some chuckles. You can also go to my website, leonardbirdsong.com, and buy some of the books that I've put together. At any rate, thank you for listening. There's more to come. Stay with us on Talk Zone. Leonard Birdsong will be talking about the travel band case that just came up. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his TalkZone Internet radio program. And now you can read more of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series, Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com now back to professor birdsong for more leonard birdsong radio on talkzone.com 
Welcome back, folks. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. As you know, the show is a unique blend of humor and opinion, storytelling, and information. I will never provide you with fake news, but will make perhaps make you laugh out loud at some of my dumb criminal law stories that I find and read on the air. So we have things to talk about. I always talk about some funny things uh, beginning. It's true today is annual waffle iron day the 29th of june is that day and today is june 29th but earlier this week on the 26th monday the supreme court came down with a ruling on the trump travel ban some of you may know that president trump issued two travel bans to a number of muslim countries the first one was in february and uh, let's see, they included the countries of Iraq, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, Yemen. And uh, that was blocked by the courts. There was a, um, what you call a, well, what's the word I'm looking for? An injunction. There was an injunction in place that stopped the ban. So in March, President Trump came up with another ban that excluded Iraq, but in, involved Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen. And uh, what happens is that supposedly for 90 days, people from these countries would not be allowed into the United States until supposedly the United States government came up with some new vetting plans that they could put into place. Well... That second one was enjoined, and people were able to come. The case went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court decided to take it up on Monday without going too deeply into it. The Supreme Court case is entitled Donald J. Trump, President of the United States, versus the International Refugee Assistance Project, and Donald J. Trump, President of the United States, versus Hawaii at all. That is, other states got involved with suing for an injunction. The case would be cited at volume 582 of the United States Reporter. There's no page number yet, but it was it came down June 26, 2017, if you want to read it. I read the opinion, and I understand it. I don't know that there's really a need to ban people from these uh, five or six countries, many of the lower courts felt it was a ban on just Muslims. That's what President Trump talked about when he was on the campaign trail, that we needed to ban Muslims from coming to the United States. Well, the Supreme Court has looked at it, says they're going to take up this case. They let some of the injunctions stay in place. However, they've come up with rules for other people. Now, what we have, and without getting into a lot of legal ease, the Supreme Court has decided that people from these countries, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen, in order to come to the United States during this 90-day period, must prove a relationship with a parent, spouse, child, adult, son or daughter, a son-in-law or daughter-in-law, 
or sibling already in the United States to be eligible to come to the United States. Grandparents, children, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, cousins, brother-in-law, and sisters-in-law, fiancés, or other extended family members are not considered to be close relationships according to the new guidelines set forth by the U.S. State Department. So what we have now is that if you have what they call a close relationship to the United States, either through family, certain family, or through employment, or you have a student visa, or you're invited to speak at a program in the United States, people from these countries cannot come to the United States for 90 days. Now, I don't know. I mean, I know what the Supreme Supreme Court has done. It's a very narrow decision. They say that basically the president and Congress have the right to in sort of uh, use national security as reasons to make immigration decisions. However, they can't involve everyone. If people already have visas or green cards or invitations or visas to come to the United States, these people will be allowed to come to the United States from these countries during this 90-day period. There has to be some documented relationship between the people who might want to come. Now, people who do not have these documented relationships from Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen, they're not going to be allowed to come into the United States for 90 days. The Supreme Court says under the executive order, the president or the executive office has 20 days to come up with new vetting rules for these people from these countries, and that the countries themselves will have 50 days to tell our State Department whether they have approved of these new rules. I don't know how this is going to work. My own opinion is a 90-day ban on people from these countries is probably not enough. Why is that? Well, we know that the biggest attack on the United States by terrorists came on uh, September 11, 2001, when over 20 people from several Muslim countries crashed planes into the World Trade Center and into the Pentagon and tried to get Capitol Hill, but crashed in Pennsylvania. Now, of those people, they were all Muslim, but uh, 15 of them were from Saudi Arabia, Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Two of them were from the United Arab Emirates. One was from Lebanon and one was from Egypt. None of those terrorists who actually attacked us came from Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, or Yemen. So, why did he choose these countries? Well, supposedly, before Obama left office, Obama said these were the countries that there would probably be people who might want to come and hurt us. However, when we look back at the history of what's happened over the last few years, you might remember there was this fellow called the Shoe Bomber who was coming to the United States, had a bomb made into his shoes, he lit it on the plane and It really didn't go off. Well, he's serving life in prison in the United States. He was a shoe bomber. He was a British citizen of Pakistani descent. A couple of years later, there was the underwear bomber. This guy had 
a bomb made into his underwear, and he was coming to the United States on an airplane. He lit his underwear, and the bomb didn't go off, but it scorched his genitals. Genitals. He was arrested. Now he's serving life in prison in the United States. He was a citizen of Nigeria. So neither Britain nor Britain nor Nigeria nor Saudi Arabia is on this list. But the Supreme Court says the United States, the executive and Congress have plenary power over immigration and they can make decisions. And that's just what happened. So what we're going to see is we're going to have this 90 day ban. And after 90 days, the court is going to ask the uh, Trump administration, have they come up with the vetting that they were supposed to come up with? And if they haven't, the case will be moot. That means it'll be over. So now we've, the Trump administration started this in February. They didn't do anything between February and the 26th of June. So will they come up with this vetting that they talk about between now and October when the Supreme Court is supposed to look at this again? I don't know, folks. I know one of the reasons that the Supreme Court or at least I believe one of the reasons the Supreme Court made this rule about the fact that certain people who have close relationships or who have jobs to come to the United States, they let them come in. Well, it's because our immigration system is based on bad family reunification and also uh, employment-based visas. If people have gone through the process of being vetted by the immigration service and the consulates overseas and have been granted visas, it's no good to cut them off. The United States wants people to come to the United States if they have close relationships. They have a right to come if they have relationships with family members. We want them to come and spend their money. If people have gotten employment-based visas and they've been through the whole process and they've been granted the visa, why would we stop them from coming? They're coming to the United States to work and they will pay taxes. However, the Trump administration believes that these countries or people from these countries are coming here to hurt us. I have not heard any evidence and I'm all for national security. I used to be a consular officer myself overseas but I also know how immigration works. The Supreme Court made a very narrow decision. We will see how the Trump administration deals with it. We will see whether they implement the travel ban the way they are supposed to. All I can say is stay tuned. The Trump administration is taking this as a win. We will see what happens. At any rate, this is Leonard Birdsong. I'm on the Leonard Birdsong Radio. You've heard my opinion. We've talked a little bit about Trump versus the International Refugee Assistance Project and Trump versus Hawaii and uh, several other states. That's the decision that came down from the Supreme Court. You can find it yourself if you go to the Supreme Court of the United States Reporter, page 582 of the United States Reporter for June 26, 2017. Now, I'll be back with you. Stick with us. There's more on Leonard Birdsong Radio.
Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Happy Waffle Iron Day. This is annual Waffle Iron Day today in the United States. Today is June 29th, 2017. If you were with me earlier, you heard my facts about Waffle Iron Day and Waffle Day in the United States. Those are the days we honor waffles. I don't know if you had any this morning. I did. I had my waffles because I knew this was annual Waffle Iron Day. The 24th of uh, August will be Waffle Day, National Waffle Day, so eat your waffles on that day. Now, there's a lot to talk about in the news. I don't know that any of you know or saw the news about the floods that are going on in the United States, a lot of them out in the California area because snow is melting, but also in the middle part of the United States we have torrential rains and there has been flooding. Now, I don't know a lot about flooding, so I did a little research to find out about flooding, and here's some things that you might want to know. Floods are the most common type of natural disaster on our planet. Every year, floods around the world will kill more than a 1,000 people and cause billion dollars worth of damage. The main causes of flooding are heavy rainfall, sudden melting of snow, broken levees, or dams or ice jams. Flash floods are one of the most dangerous types of flood because they happen very quickly and often without a warning. Now, I have been in a flash flood only once. When I say in it, I actually saw it. I didn't get caught up in the flood. But in the summer of 1971, I was in the country of Nigeria, Africa, and I was with a student project, and we were helping to build a small maternity hospital outside of what's known as Ife, the town of Ife, Nigeria. We were working with students from the University of Ife. We actually built the bricks, laid them under the tutelage of some professional bricklayers, and uh, built this small hospital over the summer. On the weekends, we got a chance to travel to a number of towns in southwestern Nigeria. And uh, one weekend, we went to the hill country. Most of Nigeria is not hilly, but... This part was hilly, and while we were there, a storm came up, and a flash flood did happen. It came down the middle of the main street of the town, bringing with it cars, pigs, people, 
It went on for only about 20, 25 minutes. I'd never seen so much water in a while. But anyway, flash floods are one of the most dangerous types of floods because they happen very quickly and without warning. Now, some of the worst floods in history have occurred in China, in the Yellow River Valley. Floods there have killed more than 4 million people over the past 150 years. Can you imagine that? More than a 4 million people over the past 150 years. Now, the area of land near a river or coast that gets covered with water during a flood is called a flood plain, folks. You've heard of that. Flood plains are often very good areas for growing crops. Flood plains surrounding the Mississippi, the Nile, the Indus River, the Ganges, and the Tigris-Euphrates rivers have been used for farming for thousands of years because annual flooding would cover the land with a layer of nutrient-rich silt. And this was good for growing crops. But now you have to be careful with floods, because flood waters are very powerful and very dangerous. It takes only about six inches of fast-moving water to knock a person off their feet. Sixty, uh, no, two feet of moving flood water can carry away a car. Probably didn't know that. Now, when urban areas experience floods, because of concrete roads, driveways, and parking lots, this reduces the amount of water that can be absorbed into the ground. But it does tear up the highways and the dams and that sort of thing. Now, the water in a flood is often contaminated with hazardous materials, including chemicals, fuel, and raw sewage. Floods continue to cause problems even after the water recedes by leaving behind a thick layer of mud and silt. A storm surge is an abnormal rise in water that occurs during a hurricane. We know about that down here in Florida. A storm surge combined with a high tide can create storm tides of 20 feet in some places. That would devastate coastlines, and that's why our hurricane insurance is so high here in Florida. Well, again, this may be things you didn't want to know about floods and flooding in the United States, but we have given you that information. Let's travel on now. I want you to think about those things and be careful in flood areas. People die every year. I have some news tidbits that I've been saving for you, and I'm going to read some of them for you. Here's the first one. A police dog wannabe flunked out of a police academy in Australia for being too adorable. The German shepherd, his name Gavel, didn't display the necessary aptitude for a life on the front line, according to Australian authorities. Instead, Gavel was dispatched was dispatched rather to the Queensland Governor's Office, where he now works greeting visitors as a vice regal dog. How about that? <laughs> Here's another one. Stephen Haynes is still testy about his bot surgery. Four years after a doctor removed the wrong testicle, 
A Pennsylvania jury awarded him $870,000 in a medical malpractice suit against the surgeon at Valley Spencer Long and J.C. Blair Memorial Hospital. Quote, it's a condition that has affected my client significantly, end quote, said Haynes's lawyer, Braden Lepisto. Yes, I guess it could be make him sort of testy if he had the wrong testicle cut off. Oregon, we learned this from Oregon, has added roadkill to the menu. Lawmakers in Oregon have now approved a measure making it legal for animal kill or animals killed in car crashes to be harvested for meat. Roadkill aficionados say this protein is healthier because it is without hormones. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> I don't think I want to eat roadkill. I won't go to Oregon. All right, headlines of this next story. Avocado bandits bagged. Strike that. Let's start again. Avocado bandits bagged. Police are calling it Grand Theft Avocado. Three California produce company workers have been arrested in the theft of up to $300,000 worth of avocados, according to the Ventura County Sheriff's Office. Joseph Valenzuela, Carlos Chavez, and uh, Raheem LeBlanc were each charged with grand theft of the fruit. Yes, avocados are fruit. And were being held in jail each on $250,000 bond. They were arrested last week. It's unclear whether they have attorneys, but detectives began investigating the suspects in May after receiving a tip that they were conducting unauthorized cash sales of avocados from a ripening facility in the city of Oxnard, California, by the Mission or owned by the Mission Produce Company. The company estimated the avocados were at a loss or lost about three hundred thousand dollars in their company. And uh, the police say we take these kinds of thefts seriously. It's a big product here in California. According to the police, Sergeant John Franchi, who told us to the Los Angeles Times. All right, more news tidbits. Headline, Manson Gal Parole Nix. Manson Gal Parole Nix. A California parole board denied Manson family murderer Patricia Krenwinkel's bid for freedom last Thursday, apparently rejecting claims that battered women's syndrome played a role in her actions. Krenwinkel, Krenwinkel rather, 69, is the longest serving inmate in the California prison system and has been behind bars for the past 47 years. This was her 14th rejected bid for parole. She had been scheduled for a hearing in December, but it was postponed so the board could consider claims that she was abused by Charles Manson. Parole commissioners didn't immediately cite the reasons for this latest rejection. Krenwinkel, as you might know, was convicted for her role in the 1969 murder of actress Sharon Tate and four others in Los Angeles. 47 years behind bars. My, my. Here's one with a funny headline. It just reads, Case Clothed. 
Police arrested a man who climbed through a Vienna, Austria hotel window, took a guest's watch and money, and then hit on the roof. Police arrested him, but first they made the man put on some clothes. Firefighters with a rescue net found the naked man asleep on the roof last Tuesday. He was apparently drunk, police said. You think? A naked man climbed through a Vienna hotel window, took a guest watch and money, and then head on the roof. Oh, my gosh. Well, these news tidbits never go away. Here's another one. Funny little headline. S car no go in mail. I'll read that again. S car no go in mail. Customs agents in Philadelphia stopped invasive snails from reaching Hartford, Connecticut. Seven pounds of chocolate bandit snails were found in a package that listed the contents as, quote, shoes and honey, end quote. The agency says the snails come from the Mediterranean and pose a threat to gardens, crops, and vineyards. Escar no go in mail. <laughs> well, anyway, I may have a few more news tidbits for you, but now we're going to take a pause for the cause. I'm having fun here on TalkZone.com. It's Internet radio at its best. I hope you continue to listen, and I hope you go to my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com, and read some of my funny, dumb criminal law stories. Be back with you soon. Consumer Debt Counselors is a company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning law school guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at LeonardBirdsong.com. 
You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yes, this is Leonard Birdsong, back with you on Leonard Birdsong Radio. I'm here on Thursdays, live from 1 until 2 Eastern Standard Time. I get an hour each week with you to talk about things on my mind, some dumb criminal law stories, some news tidbits, and some news and information that you might find useful. Today, I talked about the fact that it's annual Waffle Iron Day told you some dumb criminal law stories, and we talked a little bit about the Supreme Court decision on President Trump's travel ban. We've also talked about floods and flooding. I've been reading you some news tidbits because I have several of them that I haven't been able to read to you over the weeks, and I have some more here. And, of course, we will end up with a few riddles. But let's listen up to this tidbit. Boys at a British school have found a novel way around strict uniform rules banning shorts as the country swelters through a heat wave. The schoolboys at the Iska Academy in the southwestern city of Exeter donned skirts instead of the officially mandated gray slacks. They wore short-sleeved white shirts, school ties, and the official gray and white plaid skirts, which they borrowed from sisters and friends. <laughs> the headline read, Boys Skirt the Rules. <laughs> nice little headline. All right, here's one. Now, do I really want that? No, I don't want to read that one now. That's not that funny. Here's one. Headline of this news tidbit, Ali's son, quote, I'm suing Trump. The son of boxing great Muhammad Ali now wants to duke it out with President Trump in court. Why? Muhammad Ali Jr. plans to sue the president over the controversial travel ban, saying he was humiliated and infuriated over twice being stopped and detained at airports. Ali is an American citizen, as was his father. Quote, they stopped me for no reason, end quote. This is what Mr. Ali Jr. told the Daily Mail. The stop, they stopped me because my last name was Ali, a Muslim name. Ali, the boxer's only biological son, was first stopped at customs at Fort Lauderdale in February of this year. He was then detained a second time for two hours in March. Ali's class action suit will be filed with his mother, Khalila Ali. He plans to include as plaintiffs more than 1,300 Muslims who also claim the travel rules are discriminatory, discriminatory rather, and abusive, to which I say, good luck. We'll see what happens with that. Now, here's a strange one. This is from Canada. There were 1,131 UFO reports in Canada in the year 2016. That's last year. This is according to the Winnipeg-based ufology research documented, well, no, the Winnipeg-based Ufology Research Institute documented some of the crazy close encounters. One man said a thin, six-foot-tall, white alien spoke to him in his bedroom before leaving through a wall. Another said 
he was in a bathtub in a field surrounded by three green, big-eyed humanoid creatures who communicated with him telepathically. It may be true, but it sounds really crazy to me. Really crazy to me. All right. Here's one from Kansas City. We're still on the news tidbits. When an irate passenger recently attacked a Kansas City bus driver, another passenger jumped in and beat off the suspect with his cane. Elderly passenger Rodney Goldman was caught on surveillance tape yelling, Come on! I got something else for you. Come on. For his heroics, Goldman received a lifetime bus pan. Strike that. For his heroics, Goldman received a lifetime bus pass. A thank you signed by the all Kansas City bus drivers and two new canes since he broke his old one in the beatdown. Good for you, Mr. Goldman. All right. Let's move on here. Drunk driving is never a good idea, especially if you're calling 911 and have a warrant out for your arrest. Yet, that's exactly what a drunken 37-year-old Canadian man did, drawing the attention of police who spotted the warrant. He made the call for no apparent reason other than he was intoxicated, according to a Brandon Manitoba police statement. Again, Drunk dialing is never a good idea, especially if you're calling 911 and have a warrant out for your arrest. Some of you may remember Zsa Zsa Gabor. She was an actress, a socialite. She lived a long time. Here's a little quote I found in the news from her. She did die last year. Zsa Zsa said, I've been married to a communist and to a fascist, and neither would take out the garbage. How about that? All right. Let's see here. I'm coming to the end of my news tidbits. Just a couple more. Headline for this one. Gambler Hits Bank. A West Virginia man has admitted to leaving a casino to rob a bank before returning to continue gambling. Carrie Johnson, 52, of Charleston, West Virginia, was on was at the Mardi Gras Casino in Nitro on August 2nd of this year when he put down a $25 chip to hold. No, it was at, it was obviously August of last year. I'm sorry. He put down a $25 chip to hold his spot. Prosecutor said Johnson then drove 13 miles to Charleston, a bank there, and gave tellers a note saying he had a bomb and a weapon and robbed the bank. He then returned to the blackjack table. Johnson pleaded guilty last Wednesday to the robbery charge. Boy, oh boy. All right, before we get to our riddles for the day, here's the last pit. The last news tidbit for this week. The headline talks about the Aloha PPY. No, should be the Aloha Happy State. I guess that's what the headline is trying to say. 
Hawaii residents reported the highest sense of well-being in the nation in 2016, with that state reaching the top spot for the sixth time since Gallup and Healthways began tracking this kind of information in 2008. Alaska finished in the top two for the third consecutive year. West Virginia and Kentucky residents reported the lowest and second lowest well-being respectively. South Dakota, Maine, and Colorado round out the top five. The Gallup Healthways Well-Being Index score for the nation based on questions measuring Americans' motivations, social relationships, well-being, and community and physical health was 62.1 in 2016. I don't know exactly what that means, but it's interesting. My own daughter, Kalila Birdsong, says she's moving to Hawaii later this year. I guess she will be happier there than she is here in the continental United States. I wish my baby luck. All right, this is Leonard Burtz on radio. I'm coming to the end of this week. It's been fun being with you. I always have fun on the radio. I don't know if you like hearing me, but you can write me at email at uh, lbirdsong22 at gmail.com if you want to leave a message or ask me a question. Right now I have a few riddles. These are easy ones. First one. What has to be broken before you can use it? What has to be broken before you can use it? Think about it. Well, what has to be broken before you can use it, of course, is an egg, folks. What has to be broken before you can use it? An egg. Here's a guy who wanted to make a milkshake. So what did he do? Here's a guy who wanted to make a milkshake, so what did he do? Well, it's simple. He gave his cow a pogo stick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's not that funny. Okay. Now, I'm sure you've heard this one before. All right, folks. I know you might have heard this riddle before, but I'm going to give it to you again. Why should you never trust trees? Think about it now. Why must you never trust trees? Well, have you thought about it? Well, the answer is you should never trust trees because they're kind of shady. How about that? All right, last one. What kind of shoes do spies wear? What kind of shoes do spies wear? Come on, think about it. All right, you should know spies wear sneakers. <laughs> All right. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkTalkZone.com, the best in Internet radio. I'm here with you live on Thursdays 
at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time to 2 o'clock Eastern Time. But you can hear me 24-7 on TalkZone.com on your computer or on your telephone. Please uh, listen to TalkZone.com. It's Internet radio at its best. I've had a good day with you. I will be back with you next week. I'll have uh, more things to talk about. I'll certainly have dumb criminal law stories and some facts that you need to know about and some riddles. That's what I do on my show. You can look at my stories about dumb criminals on my blog, www.birdsongslaw, all one word, dot com. Or you can go to my website, leonardbirdsong.com, and see my books and buy them if you like. They're very inexpensive, but very funny. So until next week, this is Leonard Birdsong signing off on Leonard Birdsong Radio here on Talk Zone. It's been great being with you folks. Talk to you next week.